Hello and welcome back to The Longest Battle podcast. This week I'm meeting Georgie Morell. She's a stand-up comedian, writer, blogger and an actress. She talks a lot about living with a disability and her own battle with sight loss. She's here today to tell us her story. Tell me about your diagnosis. I was, oh, long story sideways. Hmm. Um, diagnosed when I was three with juvenile chronic arthritis. Uh, just, oh, it's just randomly um, that I got it. Uh, apparently that happens for no, and they don't know the reason. And then within a year, I had glaucoma uveitis, um, uh, which affected both of my eyes. And apparently the two are linked. Don't ask me any more than that, because I don't quite understand how it works. It's also do uveitis and inflammation in the body and your immune system just attacking um, Mm. itself. And um, my arthritis was well, incredibly well treated and very quickly. But the eyes got a bit manic before uh, anything could be done. So I had lensectomies when I was uh, still a kid. Lensectomy. Yeah, wow. yeah. So I throw these words out there yeah. and then forget how um, how messed up they sound. <laughs> the um, uh, I had cataracts in both eyes from the glaucoma and the uveitis, so both lenses were taken out. So my sight was uh, impaired from an early age, but uh, again, amazing treatment that kept it going. Uh, my left eye uh, gave up in my teens. The uh, there was just too much pressure on the optic nerve, and it couldn't do it anymore. It knackered it, and then my right eye went blind for a year when I was twenty one. And then the wizards uh, at Moorfields managed to get it back together mm. and I lost about 10% of sight. So, oh. and it's all, they've got it all, you know, kitted up, I think is the best word. <laughs> so you've sort of been born with it? Is it something that you... I consider, uh, I a- mean, I was... Acquired it or something? I that... acquired it. I was born perfect, essentially. And then this yeah. came along when I was three. And But I treat it as, as if I've always had it. Since yeah. When I was three. Yeah, uh, it's all I remember. Yeah, it's quite a, a, a massive thing for you that to, to live with, basically. It's an unusual way to grow up, um, uh, but in a way, I'm grateful for it because enough toughened me up mm. and it gave me a whole other way of looking at the world, you know, yeah. literally and figuratively. The, um, <laughs> uh, but there's something to be said for having. It from an early age is I didn't I don't know any different so yeah. I don't know what I'm maybe missing out on so and I quite like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when did you first realise that your eyes weren't working? How old were you at that time? I didn't realise. Um, uh, they were testing me uh, as soon as the arthritis was diagnosed for the uh, my eyes for the glaucoma and the uveitis. I, it was picked up on by the doctors. They tested me after uh, the arthritis diagnosis because they knew what could happen, and um, uh, they. Um, yeah, detected it. So they realised it was it was like an auto because I had an autoimmune system failure. Yeah. So yeah. that's why mm. I nearly died. <laughs> that's <laughs> the kind of things that happened. Mm. Um, but yeah, so your yours was an eyesight thing. Yeah. It? But it started attacking itself, the optic nerve. Is um, that the, right? Uh, uveitis is inflammation in the eye. It's just the eye becoming inflamed, and then that will create glaucoma, which is pressure build up in the eye. When that pressure builds up, it will damage the optic nerve, which is what in the end happened to my left eye. Which is why then you you partially sighted now. Is that what you... I think that's the term. <laughs> <laughs> They're forever changing them. I can't keep up. <laughs> but yeah, they tried to figure out what it is and Someone how you do it. corrected me on it once. And right. I was just like, I'll do one. And my eyes will say what I like. <laughs> you can, indeed. <laughs> So are some days better than others for you? Because obviously, so for me, some days are definitely better, sometimes aren't. Uh... For sure. I think we all uh, who've 
been sort of tested physically we find a mm. way uh, we have our coping mechanisms with your eyesight because I mean it's an eyesight thing yeah so. yeah it's always there mm. um, but I have adapted so well to it it's, it's amazing what the body can do that um, uh, so it's not with me all of the time um, mm. uh, I'd say some days are better than others maybe mentally right yeah so if things aren't going quite as they should be or I am experiencing pain then I do really do retreat into myself mm. and I don't like that person because that's not me yeah that's when I get very very angry at it yeah um, yeah and if I've got an appointment coming up that's a big one and even though I know in my heart of hearts everything's fine yeah because I know my eyes I know when something's wrong there's still the panic the paranoia because this is you know what am I 31 this is 27 years of this hmm. um, and you can't guarantee of, that I can't guarantee it you know be. it bopped off when I was 21 and I was blind for the best of a year so it can happen again and having to sort of take that around with you every day is um, a little bit of a burden. Yeah, so tell me about actually being blind for mm. a year. So tell mm. me a bit about how that, how you actually dealt with that, how you felt. Since then, time. I've dealt with it, of making a career out of it, essentially. It was my first stand-up show. <laughs> at the time, I um, uh, didn't behave particularly well, actually. I really did sh- push everyone away, mm. totally shut down from the world. I because we didn't know if it would be if it was permanent or not for a while the doctors were trying different things going back and forth I didn't want to make the decision this is permanent so let's adapt Mm. so I just totally retreated to my parents house and just how old were you at that time 21 21 wow okay and life was good it really was I just finished uni yeah and it was just that great time in your life where you're just working out who you are what you want to be and I was just partying a lot and having a good time living in London yeah and then that all had to come to a halt and wow. uh, yeah I was quite uh, bad tempered quite mm. depressed mm. with it it was the not knowing that was the worst bit it was the grey area mm. and so that was a whole year was it um, best part of a year and then they started some surgeries and then I got a little bit of sight back then a little bit and wow. then some more and then uh, there was a bit of a sort of anti-climax to it because I got my of sight back and uh, was then adapting to seeing again. That was weird. Was it? So yeah. <laughs> it was just little things like um, going on the tube and normally I shove, I'm terrible. I shove my headphones in pretty much everywhere I go. Yeah. Uh, and have, you know, Lenny Kravitz blasting at me. And I couldn't do that because I was still working out my depth perceptions. I just didn't feel comfortable. But I remember the day when I felt comfortable enough to put my headphones in and, you know, straight down a tube platform and yeah. feel like me again. And that was great. Yeah. Um, I think it was Lenny Kravitz I was listening to as well. That was <laughs> Um, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I had to adapt and go back to it. And um, uh, I then had to have another uh, load of surgeries. What One doctor, what he did by fixing the eye up and getting the pressure back up, it went too high. So right. the, we had another doctor come in, who I still see now, um, to basically stabilise the eye so that there was no damage to the optic nerve. So by the time I was back in the game, I was out of it again for a little while. And that was a bit um, frustrating. Mm. to have gone through so much surgery and then we said yeah you've got to have more was a real kick in the teeth but it was the best decision made because that surgery has worked now for 10 years at that point was it all very scary with your parents and everyone at that point oh we were terrified we were so tired as well Mm. and they obviously there was a little bit of a wait to do the surgery because it's an NHS (laughs) yeah (laughs) there was a few months wait so I couldn't go back to work uh, and I, th- I, did, I did a little bit of waitressing to keep me going because I had no money. Yeah. I'd finished university and I was in debt up to my eyeballs, <laughs> ironically. And um, 
I was, I think, uh, so I was on benefits and I didn't go back to my parents. So I went back to my, moved back to my flat in London and I just totally shut down from the world until I had that surgery. Mm. I was just having side effects from the drugs they had me on as well. Yeah. I lost a lot of weight from it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, people can't see me now, but I'm only little. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a lot to lose. Um, Yeah. Long story sideways. And then had those surgeries and, yeah, slowly got back. So the surgery, yeah, yeah, to try to get back to your life. Mm. So, and then obviously the, the depth, like you said about the depth perception, yeah. I still really struggle with that. I yeah. still can't actually... No, mine's crap. Yeah. It really is rubbish. I'm forever knocking things over and walking <laughs> into things. Me too. But <laughs> I was talking about this the other day, actually. I'm my own worst enemy. I will do... Th- I, I won't ask for help. Mm, okay, will, don't you? I ask no, all the time. I'm terrible for it. I feel like I have to adapt to society as okay. opposed to the other way around. Thankfully, that's changing. Yeah. You know, thank God for that. But um, I will rush as well. And, you know, and And you can't rush. These are the things I know. I know. I'm terrible for it. (laughs) We're along the way. You're not supposed to. (laughs) Mum's always telling me off for it. (laughs) I know. But I suppose that you're a busy person and you want to get stuff done. That's the thing. And you want to feel back to. Yeah. It's mind versus the body, really. Yeah. The mind is willing. The body is sometimes weak. And uh, I don't have patience for that. It's got to get done. Yeah. So I'll probably end up, yeah, by the time I'm 40, I'll be knackered. I'll have done myself in. <laughs> so is your sight loss permanent? Is it something that has now your... Is it one what's... Oh, yeah, the left eye's it? done. Left eye. Yeah, that'll never come back. Um, when the optic nerve is damaged, uh, that's pretty much it. Although they're doing amazing things with stem cells now, which is dead cool. Yeah. And I... Uh, 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 but that's it, not for that eye. It's, uh, it's too scarred um, at the back. Um, the da- uh, I've got a bit of damage on with the right eye. I'll, 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 they can't replace the lens that they took out, and uh, that would just be too risky a surgery now. And there's a bit of scarring at the back, so I've got a bit of loss on my right side, uh, which affects my um, uh, depth perception a bit. Um, okay. But uh, no, it, it won't get any better. It won't. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I because I, like I can't see on the right hand side at mm. all. So that's kind of one of those things that it. But it, I think, in theory, in my head, it might get better. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, no one can tell you either you way. You don't know, and the, and doctors they won't say either way because they can't be sure. And you know, some amazing stuff's being done. Yeah. Maybe I'm yeah, just trying to reassure myself. But I think you know, so. There's some great stuff. There is some hope out there. Yeah. I think at some point we'll figure. Well, I mean, I like to think between now and when I was uh, first diagnosed when I was a kid they couldn't do the stuff that they can now mm. so that makes me very very optimistic yeah and you have to hang on to that yeah mm. so you you um, went to Mo- Moorfields yes yes so. the wonderful Moorfields yeah. yeah I I had quite an interesting time at Moorfields because I've got a totally different thing to you I've got a yeah. brain injury and I like forget stuff and a lot of people and those kind of things and stresses of it all mm. Moorfields was a mental <laughs> place for me to go to oh the place is um, is nuts <laughs> it's it's uh, got no windows anywhere. Not yeah. that matters part of the people there, but still. And it's um, the it's way so it's busy. laid out. It was so busy. So Busiest busy. place ever. I like was like, oh my god, what is going on here? Yeah, it's such a. They now have outreach clinics okay. to just try and I think balance it all out. Yeah. The I think the reason it's so busy is, is the best. Yeah, absolutely. And we're in the middle yeah. of London, and people come far and wide to check the place out and yeah. get treated there. But also, we're in. Uh, we've got an aging population. 
Yeah. And of course, the thing that goes when you're older is your eyes, and they're having to accommodate that as well. Yeah. Um, but it is uh, the treatment uh, there is terrific, but the layout of the place is something to be desired. <laughs> I know. It's very, very confusing, and bits of it sort of look the same. And For anyone with an eye problem, it's the, the it's, like, wow. It, there's yeah, there's a new definition of irony for that place. <laughs> yeah, really definitely. But I mean, it's amazing what they can do there. And like you said, your your eyesight came back, and you had a year of being blind, and then. Mm. Now things of you know because of the amazing work that they've done. Yeah. So yeah. did you have a major uh, consultant that you had all the way all the way through? Or? I had a consultant because um, I grew up in Berkshire, so we uh, I was treated at Windsor was the nearest specialist place when I was okay. first diagnosed. I had a consultant there for uh, two consultants for nineteen years who were great, and so I went through a few doctors as well. <laughs> um, God love them. And then when my sight did go, he didn't know how to treat it. It wasn't his bit of the eye that he'd been working on. Mm. It was a new thing that had happened with my retina. Uh, so I was referred to Moorfields and have been there since. Um, the doctor who put it all back, he um, uh, he discharged me when it was done. Yeah. And uh, he's going on to do some funky stuff with stem cells. Mm. He's great. And then um, I got passed over to another consultant. And uh, I don't see him that often when I'm there because I'm a bit, because everything's stable now. So yeah. I see one of his colleagues, yeah. which is which is fine. It's it's not that I don't want his company, but mm. you know, I don't always want to see these guys. <laughs> so what's, I mean, I don't really know much about eye conditions but what what is glaucoma then is that something that's different to what you had or what what's the whole no the the uh, uh, my diagnosis has always been the same it's never changed there's a few sort of things that have kicked off other bits but no um uh, that's always been the same it's just the drainage in the eye um doesn't flow okay uh, gets banged up and um that has to be treated it's one of the most common I think it's the most common cause of blindness. Right. And it is very common, normally in the elderly, not in little kids. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And you were so young when this all happened. I didn't understand for years. Yeah. I really didn't. My parents were uh, wonderful, but absolute sort of headless chicken it was for them. Just what do we do? Mm. We've got this tiny little person with a condition that is for the elderly. And yeah. uh, they didn't. you didn't have back then either the support um, mm. uh, so I wish my mum and dad had got more support. Yeah, because nowadays the RNIB are amazing. Yeah, RNIB, Action Blind People, uh, Royal Society for Blind Children, I'm mm. proud to be an ambassador for, um, and they support, yeah, not only the kids, but the parents going through it as well. Yeah. Um, and I wish my mum and dad had had that. Yeah. Uh, I think that could have helped a lot, but um, uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But I just went along with what they said. Mm. I really did. You know, you trust your parents. And, um, uh, and then I got a bit wise to it. After a few eye surgeries, yeah. I got a little bit sassy. Yeah. Turned into a bit of a madam with it. But I got a lot <laughs> of um, Barbie dolls. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Every surgery, I got a new Barbie. <laughs> oh, that's worth it then. Oh, I had loads of them. <laughs> did you? Loads, yeah. <laughs> Which was your favourite? Um Ooh. I think it was Sunshine Sparkle oh. or something like that. And then there's one that had this sparkly eyeshadow. <laughs> I liked her. Um, I loved them all. And I had the Pocahontas and the Jasmine dolls as well. Okay, amazing. Yeah. I can't That's remember having them. any Barbies. I don't I don't think we I really was them. a girl, no. <laughs> it was more of a boy. <laughs> yeah, for someone who... Because I grew up with two older brothers and um, uh, I don't consider myself particularly girly, but Barbies I loved. Yeah. I loved yeah. them. Yeah, no. yeah. I've got the Barbie feet now as well from living in high heels for too many years. <laughs> So having one eye that works, mm -hmm. does it make you feel unbalanced? Because I can only see out of one eye as well. Mm. But actually, I don't really feel that there's... I don't feel that anything... It doesn't make me feel unbalanced. Do you have any balance things or anything that you feel or ever fall over or um, anything that you... No. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> like My balance and coordination is all right. I I, well, I don't, I'll never be a great athlete or yeah. um, a dancer, but uh, that's fine. I'm over that. Um, no, I don't feel unbalanced as such. I say I feel, um, I know that my left side does feel vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, mainly when it's busy and it's crowded. I just have to be doubly aware. Yeah. And um, Oscar, I'll tell you this, actually. It's happened twice. It happened mm. at Waterloo Station the other week, which is obviously one of the busiest stations yeah, in the world. It's, it's, it's madness there. And there was a guy, um, uh, I didn't see him coming up on my left side. He obviously thought that I would. Mm. And uh, so not into him slightly, barely touched him. And he turned around and gave me the filthiest look. And I lost my patience. I won't repeat what I said. Yeah. Because it wasn't very nice mm-hmm. or very grown up. And um, I just thought you couldn't consider. It's like I just I didn't see you, mate. I literally didn't see you because I can't. Yeah. Just consider that for once. I know. Hidden injuries, though, isn't it? That's it. It's the whole invisible disability thing. And I thought even if I had not into you, we're all. It's busy. You know. Even if I can see, we're all human. Yeah. You know. Let it go, mate. That, that's on him. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. God, it's mm. it's the quite kind of it's the hidden injuries and people just don't realise. But also they should have some manners. It, that's it. <laughs> it just came out of manners, really. It's um uh, I don't expect people to you know be doubly aware in case someone's disabled. But it's like if you just turned around and said ah sorry yeah fine no I know. A second thought. Otherwise you get really angry. Then I got angry and I called him a nasty. <laughs> mm-hmm. So tell me, are you always quite aware of? Being being partially sighted, if that's what the right word is. Is that are you aware of it? Is it something or do you just get on with everyday life like how I do? Is it just, just it's life, yeah. you live with it now, isn't uh, it? I just get on with life. Yeah. There's more interesting things to do and to think about really than <laughs> me and my uh, squiffy eyes. Um, and uh, there's so much I want to do and to get done. Yeah. Um, and if I th- I think if you sit and you think about it too much, you're not going to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Can you type and things like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you not can. well. It's yeah. Really well, the looking from a keyboard to a screen is tricky. Yeah. Um, and I've also got a slight knackered wrist as well from the arthritis, but I blag my way along all right. Mm. So how does arthritis actually affect you now? So what's... Um, I'm really lucky that it's stable with um, uh, autoimmune um, immunosuppressants drugs. Is that steroids? Is it, uh, not steroids, no. It's just uh, an immunosuppressant so it just manipulates my immune system slightly. Okay. Um, I'm really... It's a, it's a strong drug but it's, um, uh, I'm lucky I haven't had any side effects with it. Mm. Um, and then I get... Uh, from the years of having arthritis it's been a while the cartilage has gone in a bit of my knee so that gets a bit sore. So knees get a bit sore wrist gets a bit sore if I overdo it or it's a bit damp out <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get the I get a few aches and then I treat it and I get on with it yeah but it does take it out of your arthritic pain is um really really hard to describe because you can take the painkillers but you you almost have to ride it out mm. until the joints settle you can't quite get rid of it and it's very tiring is it painful then having arthritis oh so, yeah, yeah yeah it can be absolute agony and is it um, some days, like you say, some days worse Yeah, others? most days absolutely fine. Then occasionally I'll either overdo it or, you know, something will trigger it like that and I will have to just write off the day normally because I yeah. just can't think. Yeah. It's not easy. No. Life isn't no. easy, is it? <laughs> no. Do you take medication for arthritis then or what yeah, do you take? I take an immunosuppressant. So, I mean, I don't know the exact science around it, but it manipulates my immune system and that uh, keeps the arthritis uh, at bay. And the inflammation, uh, it do, and it, it's get me going really, really well for years. It's amazing. Um, so very pleased with that. And then when it does act up a little bit, the arthritis, normally from my own doing, from just charging about too much over a couple of days, mm. um, I will knock back some uh, anti-inflammatories and then get on with it. Yeah. Um, and then I do a lot of eye drops as well. 
Yeah, so what, yeah, how many eye drops do you actually um, use? Is it just about five and then an eye ointment a day? At night. Yeah, um, throughout the day, I have a lot of lubricant drops now because the eyes are a bit tired, so they need a bit of help with the mm. artificial tears. And then I have some steroid ones that have to go in as well. And then uh, eye ointment at night, which is probably the least sexiest thing, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to make it sexy. <laughs> you can make it sexy, thanks, mate. <laughs> Do you have to remember to take your medication or is it, yeah, is it you have to? Yeah, yeah. If I don't, it won't work. Um, my mum, uh, growing up, she was a, a, my main carer uh, when mm. I was little and she was so strict with me oh, and really? the eye drops and the medications. She did exactly what the doctor said. And as much as I would fight back, so yeah. I, like, I don't want to do that, um, she never let up. I think one of the toughest experiences for them was when I was uh, really little, when the arthritis was first diagnosed, I'd wear leg splints at night to stop the legs going crooked. And wow. they're basically, they're weird. They're like um, uh, this sort of mesh and they sort of, ha- and basically had to sleep with poker straight legs with these splints on. And I I, tore, I screamed the place down. Uh, oh I wasn't having gosh. any of it. But mum and dad, no matter how much I, you know, cried, and begged they didn't take them off and eventually I'd fall asleep and get on with it yeah and um it was the best thing one of the best things they did because now I have straight legs and I can walk yeah Um, but the endurance of that for a parent I've only realized in you know the last couple of years as I've gotten a bit older uh how tough that must have been but thank god that you know she did it and they've instilled that into me as well Mm -hmm. a sense of routine and it works and doing the medication and you have to do that and as a teenager those sort of things Mm. were you a rebellious teenager were you um yeah i mean i've got i've definitely got a rebellious streak in me um and i think having my health problems has actually been a bit of a saving grace because i think that's kept me back a bit right yeah um uh, from being too wild but um (laughs) when i was 18 the first thing I wanted to do was just get to London and that's what I did and right. I've caused mischief since <laughs> yeah. um, but as a teenager oh yeah I definitely pushed back on it the whole thing made me feel so uncomfortable um, going yeah. to hostel appointments having to be poked and prodded and having and, a disability and you're having to yeah, deal we, with these things and we never really mum and dad never sort of said I was disabled no one ever said that to me mm-hmm. so I never really labelled myself with it it wasn't until I got older um so that was strange as well. I didn't quite know what to do with it. And I don't think I understood it either. Um, and I don't think I wanted to because no. I just wanted to. I mean, I was more concerned about, you know, why I hadn't grown boobs at the age of 17. <laughs> you know, and why uh, all the other girls had and why didn't the boys like me and this sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, did you ever have a dog? You had a year of being totally blind. Did you ever no, no, no. be offered I, um, a dog? Uh, or? I wasn't offered a lot, but to be fair, I didn't want it. I refused. Uh, okay. I was just being so stubborn about it. And to be fair, by the time we probably applied, I'd got my sight back. By the time right. I got one. Because, yeah, because it takes so long. Everyone knows yeah, you're figuring out what process, you're doing. The whole... We didn't know which way it was going to go. Yeah. No, I made. I didn't do anything like okay, that. Yeah. I didn't look into any of the no, aids. No. When, I, when I first got um, part, became partially sighted, that's all my friends were saying. Gonna get a dog? Come on, get a dog. We want to have a dog. Yes. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. What are you on about? Quite like that. Yeah, they are cute though. Yeah, I know. So clever. They We've are, got. Aren't my they? parents have two dogs. Okay. But then they've never met a guide dog. They're useless. <laughs> what sort of dogs are they? Um, Irish red setters. Um, yeah, they're Billy not and Lara. Gonna... Yeah, they're um, funny as hell. Not a Labrador. No, we had a golden retriever before. Oh. He was. Uh, he also would have made a rubbish guide dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big cuddle. Mm. Cuddle dog. So, as a comedian, mm-hmm. 
How do you make light of something which has been pretty horrific for you? I don't know if it's so much making light of it. It's more, um, I think it's always been a defence mechanism of mine is humour. And if you want to get convey something to an audience that is quite dark and tricky and might weird them out a bit yeah. is do that with humour. If I'm comfortable with it and I'm making a joke about it, then you're okay too. Yeah. Um, and as well, in you know, the darker stuff, that's a, lot, that's a lot where the gold is, to be honest. Yeah. And the comedy scene is really evolving at the moment and people are, you know, bringing out their honest stories and uh, really tackling some, uh, some exciting stuff. And it's really good fun to be part of that. Yeah. Um, and if it sort of educates people on a bit about disability and blindness, then mm-hmm. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the worst it is it's my material. And uh, the way I've always approached it is with a lot of humour. Obviously, there's a bit... Obviously, I have my other moments. You know, there's a bit of inner conflict there. But yeah, I've approached it with humour, so I think, why can't everybody else? What first inspired you to be a comedian? I guess I had sort of... I trained as an actor to begin with. I've always harboured um, that I always harboured that I wanted to do stand up, but I didn't think I could as a disabled woman. Right? Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? Um, and then I finished drama school, got a bit fed up of doing roles that I didn't really want to. Got cast in more and more comedy. Mm. And I'm like, why am I not doing this? This is obviously where uh, my talent lies. Yeah. Uh, let's focus on that. And yeah. uh, best decision I made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After a bad gig, I won't say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely bombed. Um, uh, yeah, that's sort of the route I took. Yeah. Yeah. So being a woman with sight loss, do you think it's kind of helped you along the way to, or, or has it hindered you? Do you think it's... Oh, it's definitely been my, um, uh, it's helped me completely because it's my source of material. Uh, being a woman, I don't take much notice of if I can help it because I think the more you draw attention to it, you make a problem out of a problem. It doesn't mm. need to be there. And um, uh, I've always been, and I, was, and I uh, grew up with brothers. And I was like, if they can mm. do it, then I can. Yeah, definitely. I, I never saw. Go uh, girls. There wasn't. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, rise up. <laughs> um, I never saw um, uh, a sort of power that I was separate from them. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, they were they were the funny ones growing up. My brothers, really funny guys. My dad, dad's very funny. My mum's funny without realising it. <laughs> Um, but they're real jokers, and I sort of watched and listened for years and years and years. And then when I was a bit older, joined in with them. And uh, I think that's where I got a lot of it from, uh, is them. Brilliant. Because they're way funnier than me. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't know how to put it into a show. <laughs> oh. Do you find at the moment, um, having a disability, do you think the the everyone's kind of changing the ways that they're looking at with disability nowadays it seems a lot more mainstream and things like that do you feel yeah I think there is um it's sometimes two steps forwards you know one step back sort of thing um I think people are uh interested I think there's a fascination there that's what I've certainly learned uh with uh with my shows and um that we should make use of that Mm. as well there is still I'd say it's only it's tough in a sort of I don't want to get too political Mm. But that's sort of where the downside of it all lies is uh, it's great being able to go out and tell your stories and have people respond to it mm. and uh, that people want to hear different voices uh, and embrace that. But then at the same time, you know, the NHS that we heavily rely on is being cut mm. uh, and underfunded. Uh, benefits that we really need are also being taken away. So it's great when people love my story and say how wonderful that is and they're glad they heard it. And then the reality is 
I'm screwed. Yeah. <laughs> We're in a lot of trouble. It's yeah. really, really tough to be disabled mm, um, mm. and have a certain quality of life now. And we're watching it get worse. Yeah, I know. Um, that's another. That's another story that Funding I'm trying. Funding cuts more and yeah, more. Yeah, and I'm definitely trying to sort of get that you know story to people, but it just it never seems to make the news. It really mm. doesn't. And the reality is. People think it won't. It doesn't affect them. Well, I'm not disabled, and unfortunately, that does happen. Mm. So why should I care? It's like you could be disabled tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. As you we don't know. know that. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It, it's not all lifelong conditions, and your life will change. And don't you want to know that there is a system there that will look after you, yeah. that you have paid into, and that you deserve? Mm. But unfortunately, the system just makes you feel shame. Yeah. For being disabled, and that's got to change. Yeah. We're going to have to do that. We can do this. We'll do we that, yeah, changes. yeah. We'll do, it, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do, it, yeah. <laughs> do that on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> do you... I mean, this is a ridiculous question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Go for so it. do you actually feel disabled? I don't really feel disabled in a way. I guess it's... In, it's it, the issue with the disability is it's all in different forms. Yeah, it's... Um, uh, no, I don't. Yeah. It's another way that I was brought up yeah. um, to be labelled like that. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that it... Yeah, it's, you're disabled... You're not disabled. No, and it can't be like that. Can it doesn't it? work. People don't look at the individual anymore, mm. um, and that's a real shame. But that's like the tick box system. That's of it. That's that the it. whole I thing that you kind of have it. to yeah. fit into it, yeah. and it's like, Meh, this so is ridiculous. When anyone's ever sort of a, yeah approached me with that label, I say, "What? Well, sure, I'm saying it's like I'm just me. Just you. I'm yeah, just absolutely. And yeah, that's how yeah, I, yeah. That's how I get about, and you know, yeah. rock on with life. Yeah. But, if, but yeah, people. We like to label. We like to box. That makes people feel comfortable but it's usually people who just don't know about a disability you know knowledge is power mm. get stuck in i know with, with disability it's just um, hard to know and then yeah you can't be labeled basically no um, adam yeah. so she was recently uh, diagnosed with um ibs okay. and i remember thinking that's rubbish i'd rather have my dodgy eyes than that <laughs> so tell me about your shows tell me about your shows i oh yes um I have two stand-up shows under my belt, which I've done, and they're sort of doing the rounds at the moment. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'm working on my third. Did you go to Edinburgh? Is that the normal yeah, route yeah, I've done of the, comedy? Yeah, done the Edinburghs. Uh, I've done two, um, and we'll go up again next year. I took a year off because um, uh, I was too damn tired from the last two. Yeah. Um, and took the shows up there, and oh, what, a, what a thing to do. The first one was fine. I really enjoyed it because I had nothing to lose. Yeah. I went up there as an absolute nobody with um uh, and had the best time and then the show did really well post it and it was all worthwhile then the second one i i rushed the show a bit and uh went up i, I went up exhausted because i had such a busy year after the last one i was having such a great time then it was like oh right um <laughs> we're mm. back here again yeah i feel like i'd only just left um and now i'm working on the third show full-length show oh, uh, wow. and at the moment i'm just doing the circuit to try and find this show yeah I thought I had it I do not (laughs) what's your key bit of advice that you would give to someone who has grown up like you maybe a teenager Mm. uh, who's dealing with a disability what's the best bit of advice that you could give to someone honestly I'm gonna have to do the tough love route get on with it it's not gonna get any better it's not gonna go away yeah Um, which is how I felt as a teenager I just wanted it to disappear and thought it could of course it's not going to Mm. embrace it it is a part of you and be proud of it yeah Um, and get and do what I did flog it for everything you've got (laughs) yeah no that's good easier said than done 
done. But I'm a big believer in tough love because uh, it's You're worth... a tough lady. Yeah. <laughs> You're a yeah. tough lady, but you've had if to you be. Survive, That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. And do as the doctors tell you. They're, they're usually going to be right. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. Do yourself a favour. And get better. Yeah, <laughs> as get much better, as you can. Adapt. Um, you can still be you. Yeah. So did you did you deal quite a lot with the RNIB? Yeah, I do all sorts of bits and bobs for them. I'm sort of an official ambassador. Uh, we've done some comedy workshops. See the funny side. Uh, then we've got some stuff coming up next year. Oh yeah, I do. Um, uh, yeah, I like working with them. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I've done a little bit with the RNIB. They've mm. been fantastic. Re- really, mm. really worthwhile charity. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your work. So obviously you've done the shows. What kind of the work are you doing? Because you are oh a um, multifaceted lady. Yeah, <laughs> I well, I still act. I uh, did a play this year, which is about um, visual impairment and the, uh, the PIP system. I'll change it to that. Uh, that was good fun. Uh, I uh, do improv as well. I do voiceover. Uh, I work for a theatre company called Extant, visually impaired led theatre company. They're great. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else do I get up to? Do you know what I forget? Because <laughs> I'll do one thing, then I'll move on to the next. Uh, I'm touring my first show uh-huh. uh, and a bits of my second show as well. So next stops are Bedford and Nottingham. Um, and... I'm sure there's some other things as so well. Did you do some acting as well, or was that is that now in the past? It's now mm, comedy. No, more. I mean, um, always, I'll always be an actor, but mm-hmm. comedy ha- does dominate, and I enjoy it more. In honest truth, I have full control over what I do, what I say, when I gig, mm-hmm. and that's re- and I enjoy it more. Um, I do lots of bits of corporate acting, voiceover. Um, I did BBC Radio Four drama as well last year. That was really good fun. Yeah. Mm. Oh, thanks. Enjoyed that. Definitely. What would you say? You've got loads on at the moment. So yeah. what would you say is your biggest success? at the um, Throughout my career. Yeah, what, what would you say is in your I mean, there's success? ones that, there's obvious things like, um, uh, you know, uh, award nominations and when the show transferred to So Theatre, things like Amazing. that. Amazing, yeah. great. But I guess the stuff that I'm really proud of is when I've done shows and people with disabilities have got in touch. Just to say, uh, you know, what they thought of it and what it's done for and how it's made them feel. Mm. That's always the the gold for me. Yeah. Um, uh, And when you have an audience come and chat to you afterwards, after gigs, after shows... And, uh, and you meet lots of people, I guess, yeah. who have had similar things. Yeah. You're inspiring other people, aren't you? Yeah, and you get people to... And, uh, get people to uh, think about things differently um, mm. that's that's for me the pleasure in it really and also I get and I I like being on stage and getting attention and making people laugh yeah that gives me a buzz that's quite a quite something that to be able to do that I mean that's the amazing thing sure yeah 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 when, when it does happen yeah <laughs> <laughs> So what and what's been the most? Um, so we've said rewarding. Um, what has been the most rewarding? Obviously, meeting people and those kind of things. Um, yeah. Anyone in particular that you met along the way? That um, there's lots of great people that I work with. Some other great comedians, and um, uh, so I did a comedy pilot, um, and it was all disabled comedians talking about sex and disability. Okay, right. That was great, and it was just funny to have it was like it was basically all of the disabled comedians on the circuit in the same room oh, wow. and that just really tickled me yeah we all knew each other and the jokes that we had were dark as well <laughs> and it was really good to be able to do that with a bunch of people yeah uh, and it's not necessarily get away with it but and it was like it was a thing for us mm. as well which i liked it was it was our 
it was our jokes and uh, what we could say and do that you can't quite take out sometimes into the world. Yeah. Or sometimes we do. That was good fun. Brilliant. So, so tell me, what, what's mm. your kind of hopes for the future? Um, world domination, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's lots of, sort of different strands, I yeah. guess. Because there's lots tre- going on. Yeah. So, yeah, and I do treat my career a bit like, a, you have to treat it a bit like a business if you want to get the things done that you want. Yeah. But um, uh, in terms of sort of logistically, I want to write a book. I want my sitcom to get picked up. I mm-hmm. a sitcom, it nearly did. We're pitching it to someone else at the moment. Um I want to uh, do more in terms of uh, raising awareness as well. Yeah. And, keep, and, and just keep gigging and getting better. Mm. You know, comedy and stand-up is an art form. Yeah. And it, you develop and you change, and I want to keep that going for as long as I can. Um, and and then the flip side of it is, um, you know, doing it for as long as I'm able and as long as I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think what does drive me is this sort of, the monkey on my back is, if I was to lose my sight again, obviously mm. it's not the end of the world. I'm sure I will adapt and do fine. But it would be the th- uh, the thought of having to take time out for more surgeries and things. I'm almost playing a game against that. How much can I get done before I have to do that? Because yeah. I know how much I will struggle. That's the thing. Mm. Keep going, keep yeah. going. And there's no point sitting here and, mm. say, and saying, you know, and pretending to be terribly brave. It will mm. be bloody irritating to have to have more eye surgery I've had dozens and to go through it again it doesn't get easier how many surgeries have you had I lost count really so many um, procedures and surgeries yeah and that's the thing that you've got to watch you don't like you don't know what happens next no No one really knows what the future holds anyway do they no but I think with disability when you are disabled there is this (laughs) sort of inevitability Mm. And I know what's coming. Yeah, um, worse rather than better. Yeah, it's not going to get easier. Um, and and the longer I go on, and the more wear build up, there's more to lose. Mm. And uh, that's a sort of that's a pressure I take around with me. Got to keep going there. You're doing some amazing stuff. At the same so. time, I think it's what drives me though. Yeah, yeah. So I embrace yeah, that. Definitely. Mm. Thanks, Georgie. Thanks so much for coming along to The Longest Battle. No, pleasure. I'm going to do my weekly gripe now. So basically, Mm. every week I do something called The Weekly Gripe. Something that's really annoying me. Something that's just stresses me out and this week I'm talking about things that are out of your control. Basically, this week I have had just lots of things that have gone totally wrong. Mm-hmm. I have had a burst water main in my house, oh um, my and it's still, it's still, it, we've all, <laughs> it looks like Armageddon has hit. The whole place is just lots of wires, everything's gone wrong. It's just, just, uh, just quite stressful. Yeah. I then moved out. I actually I went on holiday, I went to Scotland, Lovely. which is nice, really nice, mm-hmm. with my parents. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, it was good to that point. Yeah, it's lovely. It was nice to be able to do those kind of things. So I've got a bit of time off at the moment. Nice. Um, so, yeah, so the, but then also, obviously, when I went up to Scotland, there was a landslide, so I couldn't get back. <laughs> and then I was like, ah. Um, I mean, it was fine. Again, I missed my train. Um, but in the end, it was fine. You know, it's just those things that are totally out of your control. Mm. They're those kind of things that just. 
is it sod's law <laughs> is it just like, yeah. just like it happens yeah. how do you feel uh, about um stuff like that so that when it's like, i know i know what you mean when it's out of, i'm a bit of a control freak as mm. well maybe it's something to do with i don't know having a disability i, I, think, I think it is yeah it's, uh, you know you have to know what's going on and when something is out of control it's terribly frustrating mm. um i say when i was younger i would lose my temper right yeah um but that's not nice for other people now i tend to laugh it off yeah, I tend to find the you know uh, that tends to be how I cope. I know. It's just I just find everything a bit ridiculous at the moment. That's it. You get you have those weeks. You're like, oh come on, what next? I had that um, not that long ago, and it's like they say it happens in threes. It happened in like yeah. sixes for me. I was like, oh what now? <laughs> I know. And in the end, you just have to laugh at it because it's just yeah, just it's life, get, isn't yeah, it? You just get those weeks. You just have to ride it out. Oh. It's uh, it's it tests you. It yeah, tests you. it's quite you're, you're stressful. Better for it. Yeah, I'll be a better person. Mm. That's what happens. <laughs> okay, so I finish the podcast every week with an inspirational quote. This week it is from the amazing. Oh, so she's passed away now. <laughs> she is Helen Keller. She was deaf and blind, um, and she's just an, an amazing, inspirational lady back in the 1900s. Oh, um, but she um, she basically, just to inspire us, she is... Um, so tell us what, what she says on that one, Georgie. What do you think is... Um... Uh, to quote Helen Keller, mm-hmm. the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. See? You know, we've got loads of vision. That's nice, isn't it? That's nice. That is the thing. I think people do need to have lots of vision and kind of Mm. pushing that forward. And Mm. any thoughts on on that? That's cracking. She, uh, that's a good one, Helen. Nice one. She's onto something with that. Um, I like a a, a quote, a motto that Mm -hmm. um, I heard. It was Uncle Graham Norton. He was interviewing Cher. And Cher's mum has a motto, if it's not going to be important in five years, then why are you worrying about it? It's yeah. that sort of attitude. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. It can really help you out. I, I, there was just one thing that happened this year. It was it was, a, it was a, not even a tiff with some friends. Mm. And I thought, why are we all losing our minds over this? In five years' time, we're not going to give them monkeys. Yeah, so true. And I think that can really be useful to get you back, get you a bit of perspective. Yeah, yeah. that's what we all need to do. Mm. Fantastic. So thank you so much, Georgie, for doing the Longest Battle podcast. Um, So yeah, hopefully we've inspired lots of people who are going through life-changing situations. Mm. So thanks so much, Georgie. No pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Emma's podcast. She's been through a hell of a lot over the past few years and listening to this makes all of her friends realise just what an inspiration she is. The Silver Lining Charity has helped Emma immeasurably, enabling her to meet lots of other people with brain injuries. The charity is currently raising money for a Goodwill Silver Lining mission to India, just one project that will help those affected by brain injury to get involved in exciting and purposeful activities in the community. Activities that go a long way to invigorate, motivate and rehabilitate. The charity also helps family members and friends who are often overlooked. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to donate to the Silver Lining Brain Injury, now's your chance. Visit www.thesilverlining.org.uk Thank you.